Hey, welcome to episode 63 of Tangible Takeaways. I'm Jackson, and today I'm going to talk about how faith like a mustard seed is believing in things that we can't see yet. And I'm Jody, and I'm going to talk about what happens when we step out and how God steps in. All that and more on this episode of Tangible Takeaways. Jody, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, glad to be back. Yes, welcome back. back. Welcome back to the takeaways that are tangible. They are tangible. Yeah, and we, we take them away. And we take them and we leave. And great job this weekend, man. Thanks. Good message. Thanks. It's an interesting passage, right? Because we're in this series of joy, and you, you kind of get to that section. It's not like a rah-rah passage. Paul's like, hey, I'm in jail. That's not really That's what happy. I got going on. That's not really happy, you know. And so I think how do we tie that to that? And and yet Paul, from that perspective, is saying, look, but I rejoice. Right? So how do you how do you convey that is always a difficult thing in, in such a short time. Yeah. But it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And that's what I think is so powerful about the book is it really doesn't allow joy to be one-dimensional. It gives a lot of nuance to joy. It gives a lot of... Um, I think you just get this really kind of almost full-bodied view of joy instead of just the everything's awesome and I'm yeah. super smiley. Um, that's not necessarily what we get as far as like this, that's the entirety of what joy is. That's what we first think of, right? but that's not the, um, I, I think, you know, even last week um, we were talking about how hope and joy you really can't separate them yeah. like you have to have a hope of a future to have joy in the present joy is yeah. kind of the present expression of a future hope and um well you know you could make an argument that right there with joy as a theme for this book is contentment mm. right and and you see glimmers of that throughout as well joy obviously comes up so many times he mentions it a lot but it, it's this there's this weird perspective, and not, not weird in a, oh, that's strange, just in a, a, maybe a surprising position where the Paul, where the Apostle Paul is kind of content yeah. in, in his circumstance. Yeah. And, uh, and, and from that contentment really leads to this idea of joy. Yeah. But. And I think that comes from a high view of the sovereignty of God, right? Like that Paul looks at it and says, man, the things that I'm going through, I'm, I'm under the impression, I'm, I'm under the firm belief that everything that I'm going through is intentional. Yeah. And it's something that God has set up for me for, um, for good, ultimately. And I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I can't see the, all the good right now. Um, but I'm confident in that. I even think of like, I don't know, when you just have one of those mornings that it just seems like everything's piling on top of each other and just nothing's going right. And it, you know, you spill stuff on your shirt and you stub your toe and you, um, you know, I think about even this weekend, you talking about the difference between seeing things as obstacles or opportunities. When we have this really high view of the sovereignty of God, we look at those things, not as like 
just these frustrating moments in our day that are preventing us, but like, man, God is allowing me opportunities to grow in patience this morning, to yeah. lean in into contentment, not because everything's awesome. That's not what leads me to contentment, but what leads me to contentment is this high view that the things that are going on in my life right now are things like that God is at work in my life, mm. even in things that are difficult, that he's actually growing me in ways that are beneficial. Yeah, I've joked over the years, I'm sure I've heard lots of, you know, don't pray for patience, right? Don't, God, teach me patience. Like, that is a dangerous prayer. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because you're going to have lots of opportunities to be patient and to practice patience. But I think it's part of that sanctification. And again, recognizing that the things God's going to bring along your life to grow you in that area are going to require you to exercise that muscle of patience yeah. so that you continue to grow in it. So I think sometimes it is so much about it is is just seeing things really from that perspective of God is in control of this, you know. Yeah. And he's and he's and he loves me and he has my best in mind. Yep. Um, even though sometimes it doesn't always feel like it. Yeah. And I thought that the the Jim Elliott story this weekend was really compelling um, and it fit really well with what Paul was going through. Was that like when you read the passage, was that like an immediate connection for you or did that kind of through some study, did it come up? Like what was the kind of process for leading so, you to that story? I So my minor is in missions. So I just love missions as a whole. We have, for our student ministry, we have um, part of our student leadership, we, we divide them up kind of into houses. Mm to not like physical houses, but like groups. Yep. And they all are kind of named after somebody in, in church history. And like so Harry Potter, which is what you don't want to say, but it's true. Well, and Harry Potter stole it from the UK, right? Like they stole it yeah. from, you know, Oxford and yeah, those yeah, guys yeah. in Birmingham. But yeah, I mean, it's similar similar function. And so for us, we have the Elliott House is one of our houses. We have the Bonhoeffer House for Dietrich Bonhoeffer. We have the Lyle House, who was like the first actually American missionary mm. freed from slavery um, it's a remarkable story, free from slavery and then sent to Jamaica as the first. So the first American missionary ever sent was an African-American, freed African-American slave. Um, and, and so we have these different houses, um, and the Elliott House is, is one of those. And so I think we just launched back into student leadership. So for some extent, that's was fresh, on the brain. top of mind. But again, like you said, when I start thinking through man, what are some examples in life where we see God use something that we would see as an absolute tragedy or failure to be something so incredibly powerful for good and for the advancing of the kingdom and the mission of God? It's hard-pressed not to come across a better story than, than Jim Elliott. Yeah. And it's fairly recent. Like, it's a fairly, you know, you think throughout all of church history, there's probably lots of those stories. You know, this is in, in it's modern. It's a semi-modern day in, one. Yeah. 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 And, and the ripples of which are still carrying forward. Yeah. It's so. just, it's such a, I remember when I first read this story, like it, there's so much to that story. There's the, all the prep, all the lead up. I mean, the, um, even some of the ingenuity, like mm-hmm. they didn't have a long landing strip. Yeah. So they're dropping sandbags out the back of the plane to see how to like guesstimate how long it is. And then they're practicing landing in that like short, tiny landing strip, like just so much ingenuity and time and thoughtfulness. And like really in a lot of ways, I think if you look at that story and you read the spark notes of it, you could just think, okay, 
white Americans not very careful in how they interact with. Yeah, that's no, not the that's case. That's not the story. Not incredibly the case. careful, incredibly thoughtful. So you have all this buildup, all this like ingenuity on the front end, just like getting ready. And then, um, and then you have the intentional like communication with the people on the ground and like ultimately even building a relationship with them before ever landing, like mm -hmm. just a lot going on there. And then you have um, just all the hope and excitement of like landing and being there. And then the radio silence. Yeah, and the, the ultimate death yeah. and um well and sometimes you know and and we didn't have time obviously the the message wasn't necessarily about jim elliot and 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 to be fair too like i highlighted jim elliot and he's probably the one that gets the most attention out of that story because of elizabeth elliot but all of those guys yeah were in the same boat and invested in the same you you literally could tell the story of all of them and be taken aback and like, yeah oh my gosh god's faithfulness in it but I think in a very small way, there, there are going to be moments in people where we invest just like they did in people that God has placed in our oikos or in our front row. And we're going to take the time to invest and be careful and be methodical and be intentional and be purposeful. And yet it not end up how we hoped. Now, it probably won't end up with us being speared in a jungle. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's always a risk. Yeah, there's always a risk, and I think for us to view such a the mission with such a high calling and high priority, yeah. it's something that maybe in our Western world of Christianity we we have not really highlighted often. Yeah, even at HDC, where we're constantly talking about your oikos and the mission as God's called you to. I just I think sometimes it's easy to forget, especially over the last few years. Man, that yeah, I am I am called commissioned sent right here to these people on my front row maybe not to the jungles but you know at least to here and you know our family's privileged to know folks that are serving in some really crazy places all over the world and the stories that we hear you're like man okay why can't i talk to my neighbor again because yeah that was pretty crazy because you know. i know some people who are going out on some crazy ledges for this yeah and i think that's what's so that is really what wraps the story up in such a beautiful way because i think it would be easy to see as a loss if it just stops right there yeah. you got a bunch of dead missionaries in a jungle and a people group that never gets reached yeah. but the fact that it gets back and creates this passion this revival towards missions and then that his wife and kid come back and they love sacrificially that same group and see them come to Christ. I mean, I would just, you would think about, man, how scared Jim was up front, but then yeah. Elizabeth to come back and how intimidated and freaked out and even just trauma. Like you think about all of those things that would be there. Um, man, just a powerful story and such a great way to equate it to what's going on with Paul. Because if yeah. Paul doesn't end up in prison, we don't end up with like half of the books he writes in the New Testament. You know, like right. there's a right. lot that comes out of that that's not just in investing in churches, but it ultimately leads to scripture being written and things that Paul would have never been able to see at that yeah. moment, like the impact that was going to be had. And the challenge is that so often those moments those obstacles no one would question you for if you just out. gave up like if elizabeth never goes back 
no one would doubt her. Not for a second. Right? No one would question her. In fact, quite the opposite. Like, I'd imagine when she was telling people, hey, I'm going back, there were probably plenty of people trying to talk her out of that. Yeah. And, and the same for the Apostle Paul. He's writing the church at Philippi, and he's telling them, look, I'm imprisoned, and here's what's going on. It would be easy for the Christians at Philippi to say, like, we got to run and hide. We can't lean into this. Yeah. And, and I don't think in the same way that many people would have questioned that. And yet that's not what the Apostle Paul is encouraging in them. And, and I think when we see examples like the Apostle Paul or even in Elizabeth Elliot and others, where they lean into that mission, yeah, knowing that they've weighed the cost, and um, there's a man, there's a verse, and I'm totally blanking right now, but I love it. It's talking about those who are martyred for their faith, mm. and it, it says, "Of those of whom the world was not worthy of." Mm. And uh, every time I come across that, I think, "Oh, wow!" I mean, like sit in that for a moment and think of all the things that we as you know, people, humans on planet Earth, look to people and would say and would give worth to. Yeah. And the accomplishments of people that we would give praise to and 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 our attention and our focus. And yet scripture says like these people who who lived out the mission in such a way that that their life was taken from them. The world wasn't worthy of those people. Yeah. Like, man, that that's heavy, you know? Yeah. And then I'm like, why can't I go talk to my neighbor again? Or yeah. why can't I? What are my excuses? Like, what am I, what am I, what am I really driving after that I'm, I'm hopeful will amount to anything? And I think even in, when Jesus talks about faith, he equates it to that mustard seed, right? Which I think is such a great example even in this kind of a context right like paul is writing letters in faith jim is taking steps towards these people in faith and i think the reason that that like small mustard seed is such a great picture is because you don't have the picture of the end result right if you have the picture of the end result if jim leaves to go find these people and knowing that he's going to die, but also knowing he's going to light a fire for missionary efforts and that ultimately his wife is going to get to take part in the mission and lead these people to Jesus. If he knew that, he, you would be in. You know, yeah. you'd be like, okay, that's a high price, but it's one I'm willing to pay. But he didn't know any of that. So that's the mustard seed, right? It's the, I can't see it all yet, but I'm going to invest this much in faith that God's yeah. going to do something with it. You think about Paul, man, I don't even think these people want to hear from me. A lot of them, he's a lot of times when he's writing from prison, he seems a little bit worried about what they're thinking of him. Right. Right. He's a little bit worried about his reputation at that point, because you think about, man, just how much our culture right now wants to cancel celebrity pastors, some over massive things, some over like incredibly small things as well. We've seen now really clearly both sides of it where it's like, yeah. whoa, here's a big thing canceled. Whoa, here's something that's being handled really well. Now we're still going to cancel him, right? Yeah. You think about how easily people would want to just be done with Paul at this point. Right. But he right. in faith writes these letters to encourage these churches to keep pouring into them, not knowing even the impact that those letters are going to have as they become part of scripture now going forward. Yeah. And I think there's such a... Um, there's such a part of the Christian life that that brings such fulfillment 
in just the simplicity of being obedient. Mm -hmm. And it seems like the more that we um, lean in to that in uncertainty and in faith, the greater fulfillment comes. Mm. And, and, and it doesn't necessarily have to be even in sharing the gospel, although I think that's an area we probably would all agree is not an area that most Christians are, ironically, are not as obedient in. But I think back, and, and my wife and I were just talking about this even yesterday, early on, early, early on in our marriage, we we had nothing. We got married really young. Our families were... Um, believers but not super plugged in and so there wasn't a lot of examples of that and we we were just we made nothing and there were so many moments where we're like sitting down and like man if we tithe this month i don't know how we're gonna do this yeah and i mean just honest conversations of like wow okay are we ready to deal with that yeah and yet being like no this is a this is a thing. and i'm grateful we made a commitment early on and it's not about the money it's just about again about that faithful obedience yeah and we were just talking about yesterday about all the times and ways we could look back and see god step in when we just stepped out yeah and um man that is incredibly invigorating as a believer you know, when the Lord says, taste and see, I'm good. Like, I think sometimes we just read the menu and we're like, I mean, he sounds good. Yeah. I don't know. Let's just talk about I'll it I'll have more. the chicken fingers yeah, again. Yeah. You know, like, no shade to people who love chicken fingers. <laughs> That's not intended to be that. But a little bit. A little but bit of shade. A little bit. <laughs> Branch out, you know. Uh, there's other things there. Don't spend 10 minutes looking at the menu and order the chicken fingers yeah. again. Like, if you're going to spend that much time... Just order... Order something Either new. don't look at the menu and order them. You can or, always change your mind later. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think there are things where... Simple things. That that we just don't... We're not faithful. And so many times we're not obedient and faithful in stepping out in the simple things. And then we wonder why we're so bored. Mm. Like, when you read Scripture, the New Testament, even the Old Testament, you read the pages of Scripture, and you read of the people who are following the Lord faithfully, yeah, none of them adventure. live a boring life. It's an adventure. Right? None of them are living a boring life. Yeah. Difficult lives? Yep. Yes. Challenging? Yes. Scary? Yes. Rewarding? Yeah. Yep. Right? And, and yet... We oftentimes find ourselves going, man, the Christian life is so boring. I like, can't do nothing. Yeah, your life isn't boring because you're being obedient to God. That's not. No. That's no. That equation is not happening. That is not a biblical yeah. example or model. And, if and, anything, you know, if your life is boring, it's probably because he's calling you to some big stuff, but you're a little too scared yeah. to step out. I, I joke with our students sometimes, you know, like you, the Peter walking on the water thing. Everybody wants to give Peter a hard time because he walked on water and took his eyes off Jesus and sank. I'm like... But he got out of the boat. Yeah. I mean, he got out of the boat. Like, every time that's going to come up in conversation going forward with the other disciples, you remember that time you sank? You took your house off Jesus and you sank? If I'm Peter, I'm saying, yeah, but remember that time I walked on water and you sat in the boat? Yeah. Whoa, that was a good day, you know? And and I just think there are moments like that. And, And I think it starts small. I don't think God, personally... I don't know that God calls us to the ends of the earth if we're not going to be faithful to the end of the street. 
Mm. And it's not a missions passage necessarily, but it is a mission passage. Yeah. And and so like, and I don't know any missionaries who have gone like a Jim Elliot to the ends of the earth who weren't just as intentional here. Yeah. Um, and that's even how you wrapped up this weekend with that clear tie between the mission and this joy. Yeah. That if you're saying, man, man, Jody, I love the concept of joy in Philippians. I love the concept of biblical joy that's accessible to me 24-7, but I'm not living in it. I don't experience it. And I think I think I'm I'm good. Like I think I'm I'm pursuing God in my life and all of those things. You would point to, man, are are you on mission? Because yeah. that be, the obedience to that mission is so directly correlated to that joy. Yeah, and I think you know that first point this weekend that when we live like with that kind of priority mission, it reframes our circumstances. That's almost the overarching umbrella of the book of Philippians Yeah. in, in many ways. And everything that comes as a result of that really comes because we're, we've changed our perspective. And, and we're looking for moments then. Every obstacle becomes you know, almost a game in some sense of like, man, how can this obstacle be used as an opportunity? Mm. Not just like, oh, gosh, man, again? Oh, I'm getting kicked again? Man, kick, you know, when it rains, it pours, even in the desert, right? Yeah. No, like... It's like car broke down again. This is my third opportunity this month to have a conversation with my mechanic. Right. Right, like that's a different perspective than like, why does God hate me? Why, do my, why does my car keep breaking yeah. down? Like you just see, you go through acts, those guys are, they're not generally like picking their destination. They have these opportunities that like almost pick them up. Uh-huh. And they roll with it for a little bit. And then they have another opportunity that picks them up and takes them somewhere else. Yeah. You know, like, and they're being carried from opportunity to opportunity to be with people and to tell them about the gospel. Yeah. I drive a 1972 Volkswagen bus. It gets towed more than most. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and every time I have to request a I have <laughs> watched your bus be towed more times than I've ever been towed in my entire life. Well, that's, there's truth to that. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so... Last year, you know, um, my wife's birthday, we dropped the kids off at school in, in the bus, and we're coming out of school, and it breaks down. Shocker. And uh, so I called the tow truck. Well, I have to have a flatbed truck. Cause the, and so the guy comes out, and, it, and it's like, man, I've never towed one of these before. I'm like, man, I bet you tow a lot of cars. You've never towed a bus. He's like, no, this is awesome. And so we're talking through, how am I going to hook it up? Like, well, let me show you because I've seen it done a few times, right? <laughs> I've been around this a, a bit. But here's this guy, right? And and it's his job. He's doing it. And he can't go anywhere. I can't go anywhere. Yeah. So what are we going to do for the next five to ten minutes while he's hooking a car up? Yeah, like, just for a, a couple of minutes, you're Paul and the Roman soldier. Yeah, and you're it's how do together. I make a connection here? And it doesn't have to be like a, hey, have you heard you about here? our let Savior? Let me tell you about our Savior yeah. and Lord Jesus. Turner Burton, you know, it's, but it's a moment to invest and invite, mm-hmm. which is what we talk about all the time. It's a moment to connect. We were talking in our small group, our adult small group, my wife and I had this last week about what does it look like to invest and take those opportunities. And one of the things that we, you know, have done from time to time is like when we're at a restaurant, we're going to pray over our meal. So when the waiter or waitress comes, we'll often say like, Hey, we're about to pray for a meal. Is there anything we can pray for you for? Now, listen, I've done that for a really long time. And there are moments where they're like, uh, no, that's weird. But those are rare. Mm. Usually there's something, right? Or 
And there's been moments where the waiter or waitress will sit down across from us and just melt Hmm. into a puddle. And I can't tell you how many times where they've said, no one has ever actually asked to pray for me. Hmm. And I'm not, again, we're not hard running at them with the gospel in that moment necessarily. It's not a, how can I get them to church? It's just a, how can I take this moment, this opportunity? And if they say, that's a really low risk moment. Yeah. That's low risk. They say, no, big deal. I pray for my food. We enjoy a great time. I leave a good tip, right? I don't want to really... Yeah, you don't ask them how you could pray for them and then leave a bad tip. Yeah, so if you don't have money for the tip, don't ask to pray. That's the... (laughs) But I think, you know, again, those are opportunities. It's not even an obstacle. Yeah. It's just seeing that that God is up to something bigger. I'm a part of it. I can be part of that today. If no obstacles come my way, that doesn't mean I'm still not living on mission. It just means I'm always looking for opportunities to lean into the mission that God has called me to be. And some of those are really simple, practical, easy things. It doesn't have to be. And all too often, I'm looking out for me. Yeah. My whole day. I used to tell college students, when we did college ministry, I would tell college students not to take a pencil or pen the first day of class because they were going to have to have one, and it gave them an opportunity to ask the person beside them to borrow one, and it begins a conversation. Mm. You know, now it's a little bit of an irresponsible conversation, but it begins a conversation. Yeah. And you're most likely going to sit next to that person the whole semester. Yeah. Or at least near them. Um, and, and so I just think, what does it look like to find ways to invest in the people that cross our paths? I gave the example, you know, of, of a barista that you go to who knows your order because they work it's generally the same shift. Yeah. That's an opportunity. That's an opportunity. And it, and it doesn't have to be a once at one shot. It's, how are you doing today? What's going on? Is there anything I can pray for you about? Again, it's like, you know, just taking time to see people and get to know people, recognize that you, you woke up this morning on a mission. Yeah. How can you live that out in front of the people that God's going to bring in your path? And when you, I promise, man, I, I, gosh, I promise when you lean into that, it's exciting. Yeah. That's, it's, it's, it's a joy filled life. It's scary. Even asking a waiter or waitress how you can pray for them is scary. Yeah. But when you do it, it gets less scary. It gets less scary. And the moment that they give you something like that, they come down and melt. You're like, Oh, Oh, Oh my goodness. Yeah. That now my food's cold. Right. But (laughs) that's okay. Yeah. I just think there's there's moments we miss because we're not thinking and, and looking. And, and what I love, again, about that Jim Elliott story is that we, they were dedicated from the start. Yeah. Even before, they knew the risk, they weighed the cost, and they went anyway. Yeah. And then Elizabeth goes back. And the story of Elizabeth is almost just as much, if not more, dramatic than Jim. Yeah. But, it, but I think when you look at the Apostle Paul... You find a man who doesn't just talk it, he lives it. Yeah. And so who better to tell us? And that's a challenge for each of us to go and live it as well. So I hope you're feeling encouraged coming away from uh, this weekend's message, even this conversation, um, to lean into living this out, um, to lean into looking for opportunities in obstacles, but also just in everyday life as well. So don't forget to drop a tangible takeaway there in the comments uh, with us of something you're taking away from this weekend's message. Don't forget to like the video, maybe share it with a friend and subscribe so that you get future videos as well. Jody, thanks so much for taking the time. Thumbs up.
Ring the bell. Ring the bell. That's all we got for this week. We'll catch you guys next week on Tangible Takeaways. Tangible Takeaways.